0: Author, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Meara, and I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about prison libraries and interviewing podcaster and author Jill Grunewald. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I just finished the new Te- uh, Ted Chiang book ooh, um, called Exhalation. Sci-fi. People might remember his first book because it contained the book, uh, the, the short story, Story of Your Life. I believe that's what it's called. Yeah, that the movie Arrival was mm-hmm. based on. Which um, I had read previous to Arrival and then was so excited for Arrival. And I feel like Arrival lived up to the hype of the short story. Great fucking movie. Yeah. Um, this is a similar like like short story book with all sorts of interesting Short stories, some near future, some very science fiction-y, some bordering on fantasy. Um, And they're great. One in particular really struck me, which um, was about a world in which we we get these (laughs) prison—prisons. That's the topic of the show today. (laughs) A world in which we um, get—we all can get these prisms that— basically can take you to an alternate universe where you can talk to a version of yourself that's made different decisions of you than you have. Whoa. And you get one based, like, on the time you make this important decision. Like, oh, should I marry this person or not? And you can go Whoa. talk to a person, the version of yourself that did marry this person, or so- something like that, right? Wow. And, the, and basically the problems it causes for decision-making, but also for humanity. Um, it really stuck with me, and I've told many people about it since. It is... fascinating short story and he's just good at crafting an interesting short story that's very relevant. Um, The stories are very timely, I will say. Like, very, like involving current politics in a lot of ways, which I think is super interesting as well. What are Mm -hmm. you reading? So uh, I've talked about on the show before
1: something I like to do during times of great upheaval in my life. I like to reread my favorite books. And this year has been pretty crazy with a book tour and a new book and a big breakup and a move and lots of crazy stuff. So I'm rereading a book that has gotten me through some shit before. Uh, I talked about it on the Books That Changed Your Life episode. It's uh, called The Girls Who Slept With God by Val Berlinski. And it's incredible. It's a it's a book that takes place in the seventies and um, in the middle of the country. And it's about this girl and her big sister went off She went off on a missionary mission to Mexico, came back pregnant, but, refu- but refused but refuses to say who the father was. She says that I, God got me pregnant. Oh wow! So and her, that's what her sister believes. And her dad, her family's very religious, and they're very upset because they're even they are not buying the God story. So they take her and her older sister, and they rent a house on the outskirts of town and make them live there until the baby is born. So this little, this girl, she's 13 and she has to take care of her 16 year old sister who's pregnant and like dealing with all this, this big, crazy life stuff. And it's so, so beautiful. And it's so Uh, You know, when you're like going through the thing that I love about it is, you know, when you're going through a bunch of shit and you just have this moment where you're like, I just want to put everything down and I just want to scream and I just wanted this to not be happening. But you can't. You have to keep going through it. And this book really examines
0: that feeling. And I love it. So that's. uh, Oh, wait, it's. Oh, oh, I just was. That's just like such a super interesting. I feel like there was an era in time, an era in which. If you got pregnant and you weren't supposed to be, you got put off in a house somewhere, yep. somewhere far away, a house or a home or something. And then mm-hmm. you just left and had the baby and came back later. What yeah. a weird time. I'm sure that still happens in other places. Yeah, I'm sure it still happens here, probably.
1: But very exciting. Sean is reading something He's new. literally reading right now. He's re- this is the first time Sean's ever read while we were recording reading classes. I'm not saying it out loud for you.
0: You have to record it. Everyone wants to hear the accent. Come on.
2: Yeah, but I'm not setting up multiple mics, so whenever I talk, Mallory can't talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: the dream of <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, I'm three pages in <laughs> mm-hmm, Great. to Tacky Goblin by T. Sean Steele. What is it about? I have no idea yet. Great. Kay. Three pages in.
0: All right. Well, but that has
2: a fun cover. It is and fun. And I did like the blurb. Okay, good. Well, the blurb is uh, somebody moving to, uh, well, maybe I'll just read that. Fleeing a talking mold stain in the ceiling of his bedroom in Chicago, a young man moves to Los Angeles where he rents an apartment with his sister Kim. Despite the new city, new friends, and new love interests, something haunts him. Perhaps Kim can help him out of his funk, or maybe she'll just lead him to hell.
0: Ooh, so, sounds fun. fun.
2: Also, little book.
0: It is small. It's small, which is great.
2: Uh it, it I don't I think it's yellow? Yeah, it is. Okay, it's yellow and it has uh, a nice picture of a goblin on it and great. uh so it's portable
0: it is small portable small. and fun
2: tacky goblin by t sean Steele. <laughs> take, take the mic back
0: <laughs> and so i'm reading the girl who slept with god by val berlinski and i'm reading exhalation um by ted Chiang. so we want to take a moment to
1: share some listener feedback we got a lot of feedback about uh, fiona's listener problem where she was freaking out about the germs in the library box. oh great uh-huh so, first off, Jonas wrote in some suggestions for Fiona regarding book germs. First one is wearing silk gloves. Uh, the classiest Jonas, fun.
0: I'm interested to see photos of your reading time. I'm imagining Jonas in a full ball gown with, like, really with long sleeves. I am also imagining the long-sleeved but
1: And they're reading the book, but through a pair of opera glasses. Ooh, yes. <laughs> that sounds very fun. Extremely cool. And, and then... Jonas's second suggestion is book jackets and protective covers. I don't know what they're called, but I use them for paperbacks, which get more easily damaged when I'm traveling. It's fun because you can get a personalized one. Also makes for a great gift. There are many kinds. You can even make
0: your own. If you want to see the cover of the book you're reading, there are clear plastic covers as well. Sure. Yeah. Then Allie wrote in and said, we use Clorox wipe. She's a librarian. As a librarian, we use Clorox wipes all the time to clean our protected books. Oh, that's cool. So the ones with like um with those covers on yeah. them, she cleans them. Also, if a library book is particularly gross, tell your librarian. We know that our books get our books get gross, and we'd rather clean slash repair a gross book to give it a new lease on life or repurchase the title if we think it will continue to circulate. So good to know. And then Elliot wrote in, having volunteered
1: at many libraries, specifically in the children's section and Ooh. knowing how gross books can get sometimes, <laughs> there's absolutely nothing wrong with wiping down the cover with a Clorox or other antibacterial wipe. In some extreme cases, we had to clean books with hydrogen peroxide. As wow. long as you're not too aggressive, it should be completely fine to wipe down a book if you need to, or you can take solace in the fact that there are hardworking library technicians and volunteers cleaning books.
0: And finally, Allie wrote in and said, I work in a molecular biology lab and worked in a library book preservation for the- before this. Wow. Is she the perfect person to answer this question? Allie is, I believe. She literally has <laughs> the exact uh, things that we need to know. Thank you, Allie. In the lab, we store bacteria for later use at negative 80 degrees Celsius. So putting things in the freezer does not kill the bacteria, unfortunately, which is such a rumor, by the way. So yeah. I'm glad we are dispelling Thank it. Thank you for busting that, Bria. Uh, yeah. Well, and Allie but for confirming. Um, However, whenever we get water-damaged books sent to preservation, they would get dried out with a fan and then put in the freezer. The freezer kills spores and helps prevent molding of the wet paper. So if you're concerned about mold, the freezer is the way to go. Bacteria freezer won't help. Oh, that's interesting. Good to know. Thanks.
1: All these fine library experts chiming in. So quick bookmark for today. Uh,
0: I screwed up everybody uh no our- i just went wa- no you didn't scrub. you no. didn't scrub. i also was just like not paying attention because i was too busy <laughs> okay fine we both screwed up but the the
1: translated book pick that we had a bunch of people recommend to us and we decided ultimately decided on which was the book out is not available in ebook so because we care about e-readers and accessibility and Everybody being able to read a book in the way that they want to. We are no longer have. We are rescinding our reading glasses. Summer book club pick from out. And Although it looks
0: good, so you should still check it out. You if can totally you already still got read it. I and let us know how it is. I mean, Mallory may still read it. Yes, I, I, I still have think. it. So, but, yeah. So maybe Mallory will do a solo a solo episode about it. I'll just it's so
1: me and me, I'll be smoking a cigarette and looking off into the distance and talking to you about books. <laughs> uh, but we picked a different book that is available on uh, an ebook and audiobook and uh, hardcover. It is an elderly. Lady is Up to No Good by Helene Turston, and it is translated by Marlene Delargy and it is an incredible book that Bria found and it's short and it is uh Kirkus called it a juicy dose of senior
0: justice mm-hmm. Bria you want to tell everyone what's what it's about? Um, I'll just read what it's about it is Maud is an 88 year old Swedish woman with no family no friends and no qualms about a little murder. This funny irreverent story collection by Helen Turston author of The Irene Huss Investigations features two never-before-translated stories that will keep you laughing all the way to the retirement home.
1: So this book is basically just a bunch of stories that are the crazy, murderous adventures of this little old Swedish lady, and we are here for this shit. Yeah. So we're going to do—so starting now, this is the new summer book club pick for reading glasses and the— we want to have it read by the last weekend of august and the first week of september we're going to do a special live stream bonus episode where we talk about it so if you want to get in on that that's an elderly lady is up to no good by helene turston so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month sign up for our newsletter link in the show notes before we talk about prison libraries we're going to take a quick break Reading Glasses is sponsored in part by The Great Courses. We all deserve to be able to further our knowledge, and that's what The Great Courses Plus is all about. And The Great Courses Plus app makes it
0: possible to watch or listen to lectures at any time. We recommend checking out the course, Great Utopian and Dystopian Works of Literature. As you can imagine, we're fans of this course.
1: It's a really cool course. It compares extreme alternate realities and classics
0: like Brave New World to blockbusters like The Hunger Games. Yeah, and it digs into the darkness at the center of perfect societies, the hope behind terror, and so much more. So you can
1: unlock a world of knowledge with The Great Courses Plus. And right now, they're giving our listeners a special limited time offer, a free month of unlimited access to their entire library. Holy. Think how smart you could get in just one month.
0: That is crazy. So start your free month today through our special URL. Go use it. They know you're coming through us. That's important. So go to
1: thegreatcoursesplus.com slash glasses. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash okay. glasses. 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 This is NASA. Uh, I see a flat earth, but we should
3: lie to everybody about it and say it's round 10-4.
2: Maximum Fun brings you the latest podcast, an expose on the flat earth.
3: I want to take advantage of humankind and make them believe a lie so that they will trust us with the government.
2: It's all an elaborate lie. And when you get on a plane, they purposefully fly you farther than you need to go.
0: It's disgusting. It needs to be stopped. And if you listen to Ono Ross and Carrie, we will tell you the truth behind the lies.
3: Just kidding. kidding. we won't do that. We will just tell you the truth behind the truth because what we do is we look at extraordinary claims.
1: That's right, we've gone undercover with alternative medical treatments, fringe religious groups, Fringe science claims, the spiritual, paranormal. We're there to check it out and let you know what happens.
3: Is the Queen Mary haunted? I don't know. Find out.
1: We show up. We make friends. We learn what happens when you ask questions, and we tell you all about it.
0: And we get all that funky stuff done to us.
1: It's Ono oh Ross and Carrie
0: at MaximumFun.org.
1: This week it's all about a type of library you might not think about very often, prison libraries. What are they, why are they important and how can you help? So first up, prison libraries are libraries in prisons. Not a, not, a, not a big surprise here. Right. So it's not a public library, but it's more like a school library. And prison librarians are found in all different levels of security, you know, from maximum security prisons all the way to, you know, lo- like low security prisons. And they'll often contain a lot of nonfiction and educational reading to go along with educational programs, law books to assist those incarcerated with their personal cases. But there will usually be a lot of
0: fiction books in there, too. Mm -hmm. And prison libraries are important because not only is it a kindness to give everyone access to books, which, of course, we on this show love, um, but also books are magic. Um, Books can teach empathy, and studies have shown that they reduce... um, that it reduces recidivism rates. So, so it's, there have been studies that have shown that the more access to books that you have, the, less, the more you can learn and the less likely you are to end up back in prison. Um, some inmates use prison libraries to pass treatment programs so they can get parole um, because maybe that is part of their sentence is they have to pass certain programs, which is important. Um, and reading can literally break these cycles of going back to prison, especially in women's prisons. Um, a lot of inmates report that being able to escape into a book can be a lifesaver
1: yeah actually I'm actually tomorrow I am going to the the post office to send off another box of books to the women's prison book program and uh and I because i read I read this great article recently about how many women in prison say that reading books is just so important to their mental health and being able to like take a break and escape into some fiction really
0: can make a huge huge difference for them that's interesting there's a program I was reading about in Brazil that um if, for every book you read and do a report on it uh you get it's like four day, days or something taken off your sentence it's like some something like that wow and um they found that it does a lot of really great things like it it like improves morale but also um once people get out it also helps with the recidivism rate.
1: uh because yeah books uh help you be empathetic you know the last episode we had where ross was talking about how that's the great thing about reading is it forces you to be in the perspective of the main character and makes you you're, it forces you to think about things from another person's perspective
0: Right. And the other thing you have to think about, and I was was reading about prison populations and the um, amount of people in them who are at below average reading levels and how important it is when you get out into the real world to be able to hold down a real job, you have to have reading skills. So in order to do that, you can learn the skill of reading in prison, which is a skill that I think if you listen to this podcast, you probably assume a lot of people already read at a certain level. but like compared to the normal population prison prisoners uh and in- inmates um read at a lower level and yeah, so statistically being, yeah being yeah statistically and so being able to learn to read at a higher level is going to help you be able to find job prospects once you're out.
1: So prison libraries are an important resource in helping inmates get ready for re-entry into society. They're a great part, they can be a great part of their lives. But sadly, a lot of prison libraries are underfunded and they don't have the resources they need and the books that they need, too. So not only that, but there is censorship in a lot of prison libraries that we won't get into because it would take a full episode. Uh, But feel free to go read about it. Uh, There's a story about a prison librarian who couldn't even get a book about Tai Chi in her library because of censorship issues. Yeah, yeah. But don't worry. That's where we come in. There's going to be links in the show notes to a list of prison programs that take books, all kinds of books, LGBTQ plus books, Spanish language books, English language books, dictionaries. A lot of libraries need dictionaries. And I know a lot of us have old
0: dictionaries lying around that are thick and heavy and you don't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, um, there's a couple rules about that, about sending books to these programs or to prisons or to prison uh, books for prisoner programs. Um, they don't want your damaged books. They yeah, don't send they them. they your trash. Them. Yeah. Don't. They, like if they're damaged, if they're water damaged, it's not going to be worth it for them to send them. Um, go to their websites. Your local group is going to have uh, a lot of rules. Probably a lot of them won't take hardbacks um, because they're too heavy to send. Yeah. Um, and and like the Tai Chi book, uh, some certain things are banned. So things with nudity usually found under this cat- category. Um, things bound with wire. Uh, like so, if it's like that kind of book, and generally they don't want things like um, notebooks, you know, yeah. uh, uh, not like which is a book, but not a not a book, yeah, uh, not, like a journal. They don't want things like that.
1: Yeah, this is honestly my favorite way to get rid of books, like books I didn't like, books I didn't want, and I haven't read, or both arcs, especially. I oh, send yeah. a That's lot great. of arcs out, but if like especially if a book you and I have both read it, uh, I'll I'll put it in my my women's uh, prison book pile. Uh, Books I have doubles of, too. It's a great way to do a lot of good with your books. Like I've talked a little bit before about how you can put in your little free library, but this might be doing a little bit more good, especially depending on what kind of neighborhood your little free library is in.
0: Mm. Um, Yeah, so I used to volunteer at one of these um, called Inside Books Project when I lived in Austin, and... um, A typical night would sort of look like this. You open up a letter from a prisoner or an inmate and see what they're looking for. And you go and you pick out a book like there's just piles and piles of books that people donate. And you go and you pick out a book that they want, that they're requesting. And then you write them a letter back and you're like, here's the book. Most of the time it's sad because you get these requests for things that you don't have. So it's yeah. stuff like, oh, I want this really specific Western or this really specific whatever. Or, hey, the person who wrote me last time, and it's always someone different because it was just like a rotating group of people who yeah. would go in, um, said they could possibly get this book. Have you found it? It was also super sad because the it would be dated back Months like because it, it takes so long to get these books, and because ed, people are like clamoring for them, yeah. so like if you're looking for a volunteer activity, I think it's a really great way to spend your time, especially if you love books. Um, and it's a great way to, yeah, just to spend your time and to, and to give back. Um, so most of the time, you don't have the book they're looking for, so I would go and pick something similar. So, also, it's great if you know a lot about books because yeah. they would request this book, and I'd be like, Look we don't have dune but i can send you this book it's like very similar you're going to love yeah. it it's like being a book recommender totally and you and and you get to go and kind of like be creative with your book recommendations um the most popular things by far were dictionaries. Like, every yeah. letter wanted a dictionary. Um, other things, just from my experience, were Spanish to English dictionaries. Um, that was in Texas. Westerns, also maybe a Texas thing. I'm not I don't sure. I think it's just a Texas thing. I think I, no like,
1: <laughs> I think it's just, uh, like, a lot of people like Westerns. Yeah, There's maybe. a lot
0: of really—we're actually—we have an episode coming up next month about Westerns. There's a lot of, like, very popular current Western series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, romances were actually popular. Um, and I went to the Inside Books Project website to see what they were asking for. And you can do that with your local uh whatever you you want to give to. Um and they said similar things to that, but also said anything pulpy, because I think it's cheaper to ship, but that would be like Western sci-fi fantasy, mm. you know, those kind of pulpy books. Um they also said books on how to draw, uh books in Spanish. Yoga, fitness, um, graphic novels apparently are a big popular thing, but as long they can't contain you nudity, nudity. To, so be careful. Um, ESL um, test and prep books for the GED and things like that, and then also African American studies, Latinx studies, um, Mexican history, Native American history, and then also game books were really popular. Apparently, I mean game books, um, books that like teach you how to play like chess or things like oh, that. Interesting. Um, yeah, that they, they people like that, and then also writing and grammar. Our books because a lot of times these are being used as resources to educate yourself for when you go into the world right yeah so like learning to write a proper resume like shit like that is mm-hmm. really important if you are looking to not get back into whatever cycle puts you into the prison system yeah and so like if you have things like that especially like you went to college or you went to high school you probably have that kind of shit sitting around this is a great place to put that because you don't want to move that to your next house. Come on.
1: No, and there's so <laughs> many people who can who can enjoy it and will get a lot of use out of it. Yeah. Like, right now, our, you know, the prison system in this country is fucked up and broken and terrible. And, like, I was just talking the other day about how angry, like, it so makes you so mad to see, like, so many people, like, in California and different um different states where weed is legal, where, you know, these like cool, hip, young 20-somethings are like making tons of money on weed and you forget about the thousands and thousands of people who are incarcerated right now because of weed. And, you know, those people, like there's so many people and like when a lot of times we think of inmates and we're thinking of, you know, oh, terrible murderers. But there's so many people in there that, you know, they're still people and they need help and giving them a book can really make their day. It can help them get out you can actually like make a huge difference in the world by doing this with books so you can send your thoughts on prison libraries to reading at gmail.com and before we talk to jill grunenwald we're going to take a quick break bria you know what i hate when i'm on my period what everything <laughs> you know what i love when i'm on my period chocolate yeah but you know what i hate more than anything else when i'm on my period If I run out of tampons and then I have to go and get them at the store.
0: It is unfortunate, but guess what? This week we are sponsored in part by Lola. So, Lola is a modern
1: approach to feminine care. It's a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. And unlike a lot of other major brands, Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. No weird stuff. No mystery fibers. You know what's going in there. It's not just like a big question mark. It's very—no scariness. And the Lola products come in a simple, customizable subscription.
0: Yeah, it's great. They arrive on your doorstep. If you time it right, you can have them arrive right before your period. So they're right there. They remind you your period's coming. It's a very great system. You don't even have to think about it. Yeah, you can pick exactly how many things you need.
1: And if you need to skip a month, you can totally do that. It's very easy. You do it all online. So as you might have guessed, Reading Glasses is sponsored in part by Lola. So for 40% off all subscriptions. Oh, that's like almost half. That's a lot. That's like almost two months' worth of of stuff that you need. Mm -hmm. So you can visit mylola.com and enter glasses when you subscribe.
0: Glasses. Glasses.
2: (laughs) Hey, we're Ben and Adam, and we're here to tell you about our Star Trek podcast, The Greatest Generation. Why should I listen to a Star Trek podcast? You may be asking yourself. Well, ours is actually good. And funny We joke around We we have a lot of fun We talk about Film production Techniques that are Used in Star Trek We love to break down The stories And the characters And we just have a blast While we're doing it It's kind of like Sitting around With a couple of buds Having a beer And talking about An episode of One of your favorite shows So go to Maximumfun.org Or wherever you get Your podcasts And subscribe to The Greatest Generation Yeah Whatever you're using To listen to this Just have it find us and subscribe
1: awesome so we are here with author and podcaster one of the co-hosts of one of our favorite shows on reading glasses the professional book nerds jill grunenwald jill thank you so much for joining us Thank you so much for having me. You are one of the repeat guests of the show. We had you on before, but we're so excited to have you on today to talk about your new book. But before we do that, what are you reading right now?
3: What am I reading right now? So I actually have an advanced copy of Someone We Know by um, Jerry LaPena. She's a thriller writer. I love all of her books. Someone We Know is about a um, neighborhood that has some secrets happening, which I always love. Um, Oh, and... (laughs) It's just got that like neighbor thing and people are hiding things from everybody else. And I, it's, it's really good. I'm really looking forward to um, everyone else. I don't want to say too much. Just you read her books. You will like this one.
1: That sounds fantastic. So could you tell us about your new book reading behind bars? Sure. So my
3: really brief way of saying it is it is my prison librarian memoir. I am a librarian. I graduated from grad school about 10 years ago. And, um, My first job out of grad school was as the only librarian at an all-male minimum security prison on the far west side of Cleveland. So this is all about my experiences there, um, the men I worked with, and lots lots of book love in there as well.
1: And so not to spoil the book too much, even though, and I will spoil it for listeners that I absolutely fucking love this book. Uh, so how did you end up working as a prison librarian? Is that something that you were aiming for or just something you sort of fell into?
3: So I fell into it. The short answer is I graduated at a time when the economy was terrible and there were no other jobs. <laughs> I mean, and so <laughs> for <the laughs> hiring, I was like, okay, cool. I'll go work there. Um, I knew nothing about prison librarianship it was not something at all talked about when I was in grad school as far as I remember I think it's this area of of librarianship that people don't really know about and yeah I kind of fell into it but I loved it it um gave me a chance to do everything I was the only librarian I had to do everything I was in charge of this little library um it was very much about by fire and just sort of being thrown into the deep end and having to swim. And I like to think I swam, but I, you'll have to read the book and find out.
1: <laughs> I definitely think that you did. So is there something that you learned there that you wish more people knew?
3: Yes. The one thing I wish people take away from um, my book is that the prison library and the men and women incarcerated in prisons. They're really not that much different from the people outside and then libraries outside. I think people have this idea of what um, prison libraries, if they have any idea of prison library, what it's like. And to be fair, I worked at a minimum security prison. Most of the men in there were in for drugs or drug driving and and minimum level of crimes. But it was like any library that I've ever worked in, and I worked in and with libraries and like for like twenty years and It wasn't that much different from every other library that I've been (laughs) in. And so that's always my like one thing I want people to take away is that the libraries are not that much different and the patrons who come into the libraries are not that much different.
1: And so, so what are some things that listeners can do to help out prison libraries?
3: So a lot of prison libraries have no budget for new books and we rely entirely on donations. And there are some great organizations out there um, that you can give books to um, and they will donate them to the prison. Or I know that there are in some of the um, library groups on Facebook that I'm involved in, prison librarians put up Amazon wish lists because they need help purchasing books. Um, So finding some of those organizations uh, like books behind bars and and things like that, um, to donate books. That's actually really, that's the biggest thing, is getting books into prison because they can't buy them themselves. And there are usually very strict policies on where those books can come from. So that's one big thing. Um, along with that is that a lot of states are starting to implement policies that limit even more what books are allowed in and where those books can come from. And, you know, like uh, they'll drastically reduce the, the type of content that inmates have access to, which is already very limited. So anytime those sort of things come up in your state, if you hear anything about that, try to speak out against it. There's a lot of research that shows that literacy and having access to books and reading is super helpful in terms of reducing recidivism rates and making sure that when men and women get out of prison, they can succeed outside and limiting access to those books, taking away books, taking away the libraries inside is detrimental for all of us. Um, And so if you live in a state where you hear about this sort of thing, where the state is trying to limit access to books to inmates, speak out against it and write to your policymakers. Usually, to be fair, usually these policies when they're instituted they get a lot of backlash and are quickly reversed but that's only because people speak out against them.
1: And so what sort of books were you seeing like that got checked out quite a bit?
3: James Patterson was huge. They loved James Patterson. <laughs> like James Patterson and John Grisham, they loved reading those types of sort of the thriller suspense crime um legal books. They liked romance uh Nora Roberts was pretty popular and um v c andrews um uh, yes, yeah. so we, they can't have anything you know like too sexual in there, and so that's about as sexy as they would get would be v c really andrews and like nora Roberts type stuff um so they were very popular. The Left Behind series was the most popular series in the entire prison, like the books would go missing because they would get stolen um there was one copy of the last book of this series in the entire prison. Um, inmates might have owned it, but that um, was available to everybody. Um, it was at the chaplain's office. He kept it under lock and key because it would just get swiped all the time. So those are, yeah, those were by far the most popular. I mean, really, again, it's not that much different. If you look at bestseller lists, the same things that are on the bestseller lists are going to be being read in the prison. Um, When I was there 10 years ago, two of the top bestsellers were The Shack and The Help. And I had, and Twilight um, was also around that time. Um, And they would come in asking for those books. They were just reading the same things that everybody else was. And they were discovering them the same way everybody else was by reading, you know, the bestseller lists in the New York Times and the, you know, like USA Weekly and all of that stuff.
1: That is so cool to know. So we've had you on the show before to talk about your reading works, but what is your wheelhouse, Jill? I
3: describe my wheelhouse, I describe it as a murder on an educational campus involving a close-knit, suspicious group of characters. If
1: that, That's a good wheelhouse. And there's a lot of books like
3: that. There are. So sort of like The Secret History by Donna Tartt is probably kind of the classic and my absolute favorite, but Tana French's The Likeness, Um, Karen McManus, her, um, one of us is lying YA book. Actually, Tana French has a couple that fit that, but I, if there's anything involving like a college campus or high school campus, a murder, and just like this suspicious group of people, I am, that's all I need to know. I will read that book.
2: That is
1: awesome. (laughs) Jill just wants you to kill those kids. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) So Jill, where can we find you online and where can we buy reading behind bars?
3: Sure. So Reading Behind Bars is um, available pretty much wherever you can Where books or sold. Um, If you go to my website, jillgrunewald.com slash readingbehindbars, there are pre-order links there that you can get to. um, All the big places, plus, of course, in Being Bound. Got to support those local bookstores. I am on Facebook at Books, and on Twitter and Instagram at jill
1: underscore That is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. Now it's time to answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Leanne writes in, I recently noticed my library no longer uses numbers for the nonfiction section. It appears they are still arranged by the categories of the Dewey Decimal System, but the call numbers are just subjects, not actual numbers. For example, the catalog says the call numbers for Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell is Personal Growth Success Gladwell instead of 302-GLA at a different library. Have you come across different call number systems? How do libraries make the decision of what to use and why would one be more beneficial than the other? I thought my library's way could be more convenient for browsing, but when I was looking for a specific title, it was difficult since since there was no numerical reference point to know how far on the shelves to look. So because we had a librarian as a guest on this episode, I actually tapped Jill to answer this. So Jill did double duty. Thank you, Jill. Um, (laughs) And Jill said, ooh, that's a good question. Usually, public libraries use Dewey, and academic-slash-university libraries use Library of Congress. That said, there has been a small shift in libraries organizing their collections like a bookstore and around themes, which sounds like this library is doing. I think Leanne is right in that for browsing, it makes sense and encourages people to pick up other books along the way. So while she's searching for Gladwell, if she knew exactly where to go, she'd go to the shelf, pull it off, and then go check it out. This way, as she's perusing the shelves in Personal Growth looking for Gladwell, she may discover other titles that sound interesting that she wouldn't have seen otherwise. That said for actually trying to find a specific title that sounds like a nightmare.
0: Yeah, it really does.
1: So it sounds like Leanne should talk to the librarians at the at her local library to, to say you know we, how do what's a better way for me to find a specific book?
0: Yeah, because like if you were like I'm looking for this Malcolm Gladwell book they'd be like look at personal growth and then just go through the whole section because there's I guess maybe it's organized by author at that point like that I'm curious about what it is within each. She said it's personal growth success, Gladwell, so maybe they do birth it's personal growth success, and then you look for G oh, Gladwell. last name, yeah, but I would talk to the library because the librarians must be have some kind of system to find that book, right I guess I mean, yeah, and I guess maybe as long as the shelves are labeled pretty well, it just sounds yeah. like a bookstore, yeah, which is fine. I guess libraries tend to be bigger than bookstores, not always, I mean I guess there's examples of both, but yeah, it depends. if it's not a huge library, I guess I could see why it would work. But I, I would ta- –
1: would, ha- Leanne, I would, ta- I would ask your local librarian at the library for some help because I wonder if there's a quicker way that they have to find specific books.
0: Yeah. I mean when I worked at a library, I could find – if you're like I need a book on this subject, I could I could give you down to like at least the first – at least the 100th whatever but maybe like in the first decimal point. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'd be like, oh, it's probably like 308.2 or something because I shelved books all day. So yeah. like I knew where things were. So this would be so frustrating. Yeah. To change it must have been a nightmare. It must have been an Can absolute nightmare. Can you imagine nightmare. reorganizing? That's crazy. I guess yeah. they didn't reorganize. They just relabeled. Yeah. This is an interesting thing. If anybody else has had this, I'm
1: Yeah, chime in. But I this. think Jill, it's tap, tap. Talk to talk to your librarian. Talk to
0: that librarian. So
1: if you want us to answer your qu- reader question or solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who are on our Facebook group, uh, our Facebook group, which is almost at 2,000 members, oh, which is extremely cool. Wow. I mean, the Facebook group is fucking bumping, guys. Like, nah. I Facebook is a garbage fire, and the, literally the only reason I still keep it is because of the Reading Glasses Facebook
0: group. I'm not on Facebook anymore, but it's very exciting I speak for both of us great
1: sometimes I go in there and I'm like I make pronouncements from-, <laughs> from but they have all kinds of really cool things like you know every day of the week there's like like it's like they have find my book Fridays and oh, cool. like recommendation days and then somebody always makes a post for each reading glasses episode so people can talk about it oh, nice. so if you love this show and you want to f- get more involved in the community and get more book recommendations definitely check it out uh, Danielle and Kathy and all of our mods do a fantastic job and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goods- Goodreads page and remember if you want to show us some love and help uh, help us feed our cats. You can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and don't want to spend any money, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's free. It's really great for us. Helps us reach more listeners. It makes us really happy. we have been getting some really nice ones lately. Oh, fi- those f- wonderful five-star reviews. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. On Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thank you. Thanks for
2: listening and thanks for reading. Maximumfun.org.
1: Comedy and culture. Artist Owned.
2: Audience
3: supported.